0: Uh, Proverbs 4, verse 23. Keep thy heart with all diligence. For out of it are the issues of life. Put away from thee a forward mouth and perverse lips put far from thee. Let thine eyes look right on and let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet and let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand or to the left. Remove thy foot from thee Evil. Keep thy heart with all diligence, 23. For out of it are the issues of life. Then Matthew chapter 12. I'm going to read Matthew chapter 12. We're going to read it in the King James Version. Then I'm going to read it to you uh, more uh, from the message, which is an interpretation. I mentioned that last night. It's more of a transliteration or interpretation. Eugene Patterson, if you do not have a copy of the message, how many of you read the message Bible? Any of you in here? Oh, two or three of you. I feel kind of by myself. You do right here. I want you to know Sister Freeman's preached out it for, for years and I just got converted. I put the King James with the message. The message is not a translation. It is an interpretation as close to the original Hebrew and Greek. The guy that did it has worked for years on it and he's a respected scholar. But as far as taking and getting the real meat of the word and keeping it, comparing it with your King James and all I, it's a wonderful resource tool. If you're able to do it, they have it on a little disc, on computer, whatever, put it in your laptop, put it with your Bible. It's, it's It's, It's a great teaching and learning tool. How many of you have a study program in your home? You have a system of study, not just reading the word, but whether by computer or by books, you have a systematic study that you try to endeavor to do at least five days a week. You have a systematic study of the word. Would you raise your hands, please? I would like to see not just reading scripture, Now, when I say reading, I don't mean a daily plan. This includes a daily plan. If you have a daily bread chart, daily plan where you read Old, New Testament, Psalm, Proverbs, I understand. How many of you have a daily systematic form of study? It's not random. It is planned. It is programmed. It is detailed. It's as important to you as what you're going to eat for breakfast in the morning. Raise your hand and let me see. Please. No, I I I know there's more. I didn't explain it right Okay I'm confusing people I didn't explain it You have a daily detailed Bible reading Bible study plan Where you read Systematically Whether it's from headquarters The bread program Or whether it's uh, Listening to it on tape And following it along Or whether it's uh, Comparing Bible versions But you have a systematic Bible reading plan That you do Raise your hand Let me see There we go There's a, there's a few more I need to see everybody I'm getting real nervous here. (laughs) Am I not communicating right? Am I communicating right? You mean at least 80% of us who are supposed to be one God apostolic tongue talking holiness, Jesus' name, don't even feed ourselves a steady diet of the word and we're wondering why bad stuff comes out of our mouth? Well, I'm going to ask another question. How many of you that did not raise your hand listen to at least one hour of radio or at least one hour of telephone or email or computer or at least one hour of television a day? Let me No, let me rephrase it. I'm confusing it. Let me rephrase it. How many of you spend at least one hour of a day listening, watching, reading secular media? At least one hour. Secular media. Please raise your hand. At least one hour. That's TV, radio, newspaper. At least one hour. Oops, we in trouble. Because you just admitted to me that you are feeding on the world's view of what the devil wants you to be instead of God's view. And then you expect a preacher to come in here and pull a rabbit out of a hat three times a week and preach you happy and preach you saved. I might as well go home, brother. I'm just Um... I'm being gentle because I love you and I love this church and I don't think y'all understood the first question. I'm going to ask it again. No, I better not. But uh, yeah, I'm just going to leave well enough alone. I think I just made my point that this mind, mouth, money, morals thing is a big deal. I think I just made my point tomorrow I may deal with it more that this culture of church thing yesterday I tried to mention I don't know if you really got a hold of it but how many of you really got that it's time to be the church and not just have church. Because we have learned how to have three or four songs, clap our hands, run the house. I'm not talking about what just happened a few moments ago. That was nobody worked that up. That was the power of the living God come up in here. That wasn't flesh, baby. That was the Holy Ghost. That was the scripture you could quote. There were two or three are gathered together in my name. There I am in the midst of them. That was the raw power of God. And I thank God for it. I'm not, I'm not in any way belittling that. But maybe we have prepared a culture of church. When the scripture wants us to understand that no, you're not your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. The templos are the living place, the abiding of the Holy Ghost. So maybe that's why it is so difficult for us to live overcoming lives is because we are forcing the church, the music staff, the preacher, the teacher, the evangelist, the pastor to do in two hours a week Oh my goodness! I'm I'm just 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 a thought. Look at your neighbor and Say just a thought. Say loosen up, loosen up. It's gonna be all right. It's gonna be all right. It's gonna be all right. Now Matthew Matthew 12 and verse uh, Matthew 12 and verse 34. You've already made me nervous. O generation of vipers, how can ye, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart. Now I just talked to you about out of the heart of the issues of life. For out of the abundance of the heart. What? out of the abundance of the heart so whatever you're saying is what you're thinking hmm a good man out of the treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things but I say unto you that every idle work that men shall speak now I don't want to confuse anybody sister you're really intelligent is that red letter That's red letter. I like a red letter Bible. It lets me know when Jesus is talking or when it's just somebody babbling. Okay, red letter, which means Jesus is talking. Now, some of you want to put somebody in hell for a personal opinion that you call a standard. Let me tell you what Jesus called a standard. Every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. What would happen if ever apostolic Pentecostals started worrying about more what they were thinking and saying than what they were wearing? Help us, Lord. Now, I'm going to read it to you in the message, and, and it'll sound better. Now, the word heart there, say heart. Last night, I gave you a little Greek lesson, In, in the Greek letter here for heart is K-A-R-D-I-A, where we get the word cardia, or cardiac, carda, or heart, carda, in, I believe it's in the Latin, carda, where we get the word heart, which is the prolonged form of the primary form of heart figuratively thinking, means the thoughts or feelings are mine, the thoughts, Feelings are mine. So from the abundance of your thoughts, which is I proved to you last night, it's interchangeable words. It's not just the muscle that beats, but it's your spirit, it's your mind, it's your thought process. From the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaketh. Now here's what the message said. You have minds like a snake pit. What Jesus said. I like Jesus in the message. You have minds like a snake pit. How do you suppose what you say is worth anything when you're so foul-mouthed? thou minded it's your heart not the dictionary that gives meaning to your words that's amazing isn't it proverbs ten thirty one says it this way the mouth of the just bringeth forth wisdom but the forward tongue shall be cut out the lips of the righteous know what is acceptable but the mouth of the wicked speaketh forwardness the mouth of the wicked speaketh forwardness. Now, that's old King James English. Would you like to know what the message says about that? Oh, it's interesting. A foul mouth is as a stagnant swamp. A foul mouth is as a stagnant swamp. Now, I've got a little problem before we pray, and I'll let you sit down. Here's what the Holy Spirit has been gnawing on me about. 80% of the teaching of Jesus deals with the heart, the mind, the mouth, and money, and morals. Okay. If from the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh, and if money is the root, the love of money is the root of all evil. Hmm. If we're going to be judged in judgment by every idle word or every good word that comes out of our mouth, shouldn't we focus more on what we say and what we spend our money on than anything else in our life. And and it concerns me because I'm afraid that these are heaven or hell issues that we're missing while we're having church. And it's easy to go home from a shouting service where you've had a three or four hour service where you've laid in the floor and travailed And then you're too tired to read the word before you go to bed and you got to get up early and because you stayed in church so late, you got to get up and run to work. And you can do that four or five weeks having church and never study the word and hide the word in your heart. And it's only by hiding the word in my heart that I might not sin against him. So I can get on an entire roller coaster called church and can make myself so physically and emotionally and spiritually weak that I can backslide in the middle of having church. I just lost some of you, but clap your hands and let's wake up anyway. Clap your hands and give God praise. I bless the name of Jesus. I glorify the name of Jesus. I honor the name of Jesus. Uh, you, you, You can be, see, it's your heart not the dictionary that gives meaning to your words. My father years ago taught a lesson and I was thinking about it today. I wish I could find his notes. The problem is he was like me. He didn't keep good notes and the ones he has, you can't even read. Last night and yesterday, I preached from his Bible. I had his preaching Bible with me and it was hilarious laying in bed last night trying to decipher some of his his uh, chicken scratch and where he was going and what he was trying to say. But he preached years ago a message and I think it's a book he may have read. that's an old book and he put a sermon together called Hung by the tongue does that sound like poppy that's that's a, hung hung by the tongue and I I think some of us need to understand that this thing that's in our mouth can be like a sword it can cut it can stab it can wound it can bless it can curse I, I've come to tell you I want to be a blesser I want to open my mouth and bless I tried it today how many of you tried it today to not say anything negative but just say blessing things and say good things and talk about good things and think good things some of you tried. How many of you couldn't do it? It was so hard. How many of you tried it and you honestly couldn't do it because we have been programming to accentuating the negative instead of the positive? Wave at me and stay man. But I want to get up. I've been doing it here lately, and and I've been scaring people in the airports because they ask me, "How are you, sir?" And I look at them and say, "I'm blessed and I'm highly favored." And they look at me like, mm, "I've heard I'm blessed, but this highly favored part, I'm kind of." I've started even trying to wear my nice clothes to the airport. I used to dress like a bum, and sometimes I still do. I'll just bum down. But I, I, I've started, I like to look prosperous because I want them to know it. I'm blessed. Now that I'm flying enough to sit in the first class section, like I told you yesterday, I want to look the part because I'm prosperous. My father owns the cattle on a thousand hills and if you were in Texas, you'd say all the taters under them, their hills. I'm blessed. Let me read this little paraphrase to you. Consider what Amazing, good, or awful mischief, your tongue may be the instrument of affecting. The tongue of the eloquent Demosthenes roused the Athenians against the foundless ambitions of Philip. The bold tongue of the eloquent Cicero delivered his country from the deep-laid plots of the artful Catiline. The willful harangues of a solitary hermit filled Europe with frenzy and armed them for the romantic exploits of the crusade. And there have not been warning in modern times instances of the power of words. Say the power of words. When at the name of Austerlitz or Marengo, thousands have rushed upon the bayonet point and hurried to the arms of death by the power of words. The power of life and death is in the tongue. Say that with me. The power of life and death is in the tongue. James, as the apostle, who he was what we would call the bishop or the general superintendent of the early church, he was the overseer of the early church. He wrote this in 119 of James, wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to to wrath. God's been dealing with me a little bit lately and I I just want to talk. Bishop, you're here and maybe you could back me up. I think you're over 50. I'm not sure. You don't act like it, but I think you're over 50 and just back me up. My wife's grandmother died a few years ago at over the age of 100 my wife's grandmother her married name had become Hamilton before she married brother Hamilton she was married to old brother Denny her and old brother Denny traveled with elder C.P. Kilgore years ago when brother Kilgore was traveling through Oklahoma and through parts of Texas starting churches they started the church in Paris Texas they were with brother Kilgore when he went to the lake and you've heard the story probably many years some of the younger ones may not have heard it C.P. Kilgore who was the father of our elder James Kilgore who was a mighty man of prayer. His wife was illiterate. She could not read or write and she prayed wanting to know the word of God. And an angel of the Lord would meet her every day and taught her how to read the Bible. That's how she learned how to read. An angel of the Lord taught her how to read the Bible. Now you want to talk about an apostolic ministry and miracle signs and wonders. They would go in communities where they would be threatened to to be killed. They would be threatened to be tarred and feathered. They would be threatened to be starved. They would have rotten tomatoes thrown at them these people sacrifice for this message that now is so beautiful we've got beautiful buildings beautiful cars beautiful suits but when you think about the sacrifice and my wife's grandmother and her first husband my father-in-law's father who died when he was very young they were at the revival at the pond I believe it was somewhere in Oklahoma where it was a snake infested pit a that they wanted to baptize people in Jesus' name. And it was the only place big enough and deep enough in the drought where they could baptize people in water in the name of Jesus. And they said, Brother Kilgore, it is infested with water moccasins and it is infested with poisonous snakes. He said, I have power in the name of Jesus and I'm gonna baptize these people. And other people have told the stories. I'm sure you've heard the story. It's it's going on for 50 or 60 years. But they said when he stepped into the water that on the other side of that Pond, snakes started coming out of the water, going up into the bushes and into the woods. To this day, uh-uh, to this day, they haven't found a snake in that pond. Now see that just whoo! That just makes you want to run the aisles and talk in tongues. That just makes you want to get excited because this same Jesus, that the same Jesus he had, you have. The only difference evidently between him and you, he was hungrier and more desperate then than we are now. He didn't have a visa card to go in and charge the motel room on. He didn't have a saint of God to cook him a meal. All he had was the divine provision of Jehovah Jireh. Now, it, it was this grandmother that I was introduced to. She later on married Brother Hamilton, who I believe become the district secretary of the Texaco or West Texas district and all that kind of hurrah, and I, I didn't know him, he died. When I met her, she was in her, I believe, late, 80s or early 90s when I first started dating Stephanie and she was so excited that my wife was dating a preacher because to her and, and when I went to visit her you got to understand when I went to visit grandmother Hamilton I learned the first trip she didn't want me to wear tennis shoes and blue jeans and act like a teenage because I was 20 years old when I was dating my wife she was 18 I was the man of God and I'd show up at breakfast about 6 30 in the morning she would have biscuits up and the Bible open and I would have on my white shirt and my preacher pants and I would walk in there with long sleeves on and sit down with grandmother Hamilton and we would talk about the word of the lord because she wouldn't play him and I realized after our first trip there I was popped back on the couch one afternoon reading a Louis lamo Western and grandmother got up and clicked her teeth and just kind of and walked down the hall and went and got my wife and said I thought you said that boy was a preacher if he's a preacher what's he doing reading that Frictional stuff. <laughs> it was causing friction in her spirit, evidently. Louis Lamar, my God, they don't even kiss in Louis Lamar. They don't even cuss in Louis Lamar. If they use a, bi- a cuss word, it's a biblical one. <laughs> you didn't get that, and I'm not going to explain it. <laughs> Reading that frictional book. And my wife had explained to me how that when they visited her, she did not believe in, now, now you gotta understand me, I'm kind of just a funny type guy. I like to, to joke around and kind of pick around. First time I tried to pick around on her, she didn't get it. It went right over her head because she was taught by the old timers that scripture I read to you all ago. Foolish talking and jesting and idle words. She said, you're gonna be judged by every word out of your mouth. Let your yay be yea, and your nay be nay. Now that, that scripture I'm talking about and the old timer, believe that now I'm a little bit under conviction and do you practice that no I can't say I do but I'm a little worried that maybe we've took our freedom and our liberty a little too far because she sit down one day and she began to talk with me she said how do I have time to sit here and talk about something that's not even true when Jesus died on the cross and shed his blood and until I talk to somebody about Jesus how can I waste my breath telling something that's not even true she said those jokes you tell those stories you tell they're, they're not even true, are they? And if they're not even true, why are you wasting your time talking about something that's false? Look should even say just a thought <laughs> oh Lord, I'm getting convicted now. <laughs> That is the old time way. We talk about this old time way. Let's talk about the old time way because it was before you had all of the, in of what we call the conveniences. Maybe it was the inconveniences of all of this stuff that's bombarding us. There's some people I know that spend two or three hours a day just on email not including chat rooms, not including resting and video, I'm not talking about just on your job, some of you have to because of work I'm talking about when you're home, when you could be out throwing a ball to your kid, or you could be praying or you could be taking your wife out, riding around a bicycle around the neighborhood or whatever but instead you're taking your time and and then we wonder, okay, how many of you read your Bible for 10 minutes today? How, how, many, how many of you prayed at least 30 minutes alone today, not not driving, not, not when everybody else, not when someone almost hit you and you said, oh Lord Jesus help me, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about systematic program, prayer, and relationship before the Lord. Why is it so quiet? Why are we so convicted? Why are you responding and, and, and sitting here like, oh, but the sewers beating me up when all I would have to do is get up here and for about two minutes just start saying, Lord, I want to preach about Lanzarist. When Lanzarist was at the tomb, and Lanzarist had been dead, yay, three days, and on the fourth day he was stinking, and Jesus came up to, well, i friendly, and in about three minutes of that, some of you start going, Ooh, hicko, hicko, hickamo, hicko!" You would feel better, you would get an emotional release, but if you have not hid the word in your heart, when hell hits you, when you get home, you're not going to be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The only way you can stand against the wiles of the devil is if you are rooted firmly, deeply in the word of God. Would you clap your hands and say, "Man?") Gonna read just just look at your neighbor and say, Calm down, just what the Bible says. We're just I'm gonna get away from super theology and just get into just what the Bible says. Proverbs 16 and 23 says, The heart of the wise teacheth his mouth and addeth learning to his lips. The heart of the wise teacheth his mouth. You can train yourself how to talk and what to say. You can train yourself. If you don't believe it, how many of you came out of a lifestyle where every other word was a cuss word? And when you got the Holy Ghost, God changed you and you don't cuss anymore. You get just as mad as you used to get, but the Bible says be angry and sin not. You can get mad, but you get over it. You changed your word. Well, if you can stop cussing, why can't you start blessing? If you can stop cursing, then you can start blessing. You can teach your lips how to say, I'm healed. But the doctors say you have cancer. No, the power of life and death is in my tongue. By his stripes I am healed. He shall put none of the diseases of the Egyptians upon me. Now we are the sons of God. I'm a joint heir with Christ Jesus. I speak, I confess, I profess. Proverbs ten thirty one. Be going to Ecclesi- Ecclesiastes chapter five, but Proverbs ten thirty one. The mouth of the just bringeth forth wisdom, but the forward tongue shall be cut out. The lips of the righteous know what is acceptable, but the mouth of the wicked speaketh forwardness. And, and while ago I told you that means that a foul mouth is as a stagnant swamp. The writer of wisdom, a proverb, said that a forward tongue, a tongue that doesn't act right, should be cut out. I don't want my tongue gun out. And I'm trying to make it as light as I can because I don't want to offend anybody and I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. But I think it's kind of a serious deal that we start focusing on what we're thinking and what we're saying and on our money and our morals. I think God is trying to deal with us that he wants us to be more than conquerors and live an abundant, overcoming life. But we cannot live an overcoming life if all we depend on is the Spirit to help us. Because I have seen people, and and, and sometimes we condemn them from a Pentecostal perspective, and I have been guilty of this sometimes because we're, we're told in the scripture girl to judge not lest she be judged we are told not to judge people by their outward countenance because man looks on the outside but God looks at the heart but sometimes because of my culture and because of my background it would be easy for me to judge somebody because you might get down in the floor while I'm preaching and roll around and talk in tongues and hick a sigh and cry and, 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 and oh man just have a big old time and this young lady you might just be sitting there hearing me and not do anything outwardly but when you go home tonight you're going to study everything thing I said for about two hours and then in the morning you're going to get up and pray and marinate over and you're going to do what you just heard do because faith without works is dead we're not to be hearers but doers not just hearers only but doers of the word but we judge on the outside and we would say she got a blessing and that you're half backslid. have we missed something somewhere where we have developed a generation of young people that the majority of the young people I know can't even quote Jesus wept. But they can tell you whether Brad and Angelica or whatever her name is, Angelina, and Jennifer or whoever, whether they're on or off. I don't know today. I didn't read anything today. I was in the motel room. Do you know are they on or off or divorced or getting happy or back together or were they ever married in the first place? I don't know. I'm confused. But but I, I think that maybe we have got our minds on the wrong things. And because of that, that's why we speak the wrong stuff. Not just to one another, but to ourself. Am I making any sense? Ecclesiastes 5 and 2. It's about to get better. Be not rash with thy mouth. Let not the heart, heart, mind be hasty to utter anything before God. For God is in heaven and thou upon earth. Therefore, let thy words be few. I just I just read to you, and maybe maybe I was confused, but I thought that James said in the New Testament, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and and slow to wrath slow to anger how many of us are guilty of speaking before we think did you know that's a worldly non-christian trait and you would honestly be appalled if you found out one of these young people was going out tonight and smoking a joint It would blow your mind. I can't believe they'd do such a thing, and you better not do it. I can't believe they would be so sinful and so uncontrolled. But yet you may go to the restaurant and spend three hours talking about nothing and not get home till 12 o'clock when you got to get up and go to work in the morning. And because of your mouth, you're going to be tired and exhausted and depleted. Brother J.T. Pugh taught years ago and he kind of teaches like this so it makes me feel better. (laughs) Brother J.T. Pugh taught years ago even to young preachers. He said you don't ever need to stay up in fellowship beyond midnight. Because at midnight, something happens. And and because of our life cycles and our body cycles and moon cycles, something happens to where that wall and that barrier. And he said a lot of couples and a lot of people he had seen fall into immorality would hang around and fellowship and play games and do all kinds of stuff after midnight. And something happens after midnight. He said, if you can't play games and get relaxed and talk in fellowship till midnight, you're not going to do it anyway. Why don't you go home, go to bed so you can get up and get on with your life. Now, that's just good common sense and our elders believe that. Hmm. Well, praise him. King James Version, Matthew twelve thirty six, and I read it to you, but I tell you on the day of judgment, men will have to give account. This is the amplified version of Matthew 12, 36, 37. I'm gonna read the amplified. You have your King James, I'll read the Amplified. But I tell you on the day of judgment, men will have to give account for every idle, inoperative, non-working word they speak. For by your words will you be justified and acquitted, and by your words will you be condemned and sentenced. Somebody say, oh me. Now, if you have your Bibles, and and you would just turn with me back to the Old Testament, we're going to do more of a study in Numbers chapter 12. And I'm going to talk to you just for a few minutes on the leprosy of the tongue. And I'm going to deal with the Old and the New Testament words that are used that we don't deal with much in our English vocabulary, such as whisperer and gossip and slanderer and busybody and murmuring and complaining and railer. And these are just Bible turns. Look at your neighbor again and say, just the Bible. What time is it? Am I boring you? Is this all right? We ready to go? You got it? Okay, amen. Now, I said all that to set you up. Does anybody realize what I've tried to say so far? What I've tried to say so far is we need to watch what we're saying. And I want to tell you, every time I point this finger like this, I have three more just like this pointing back at me because I have not got this together yet. God has got me so convicted right now on my mind, my mouth, my money, my morals. When 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 you look and you see that we have people that honestly say you're delivered that have more credit card debt than they have equity in their homes and then they want to judge somebody for having a tight skirt and call themselves holiness, Hey, <laughs> you feeling it over here, aren't you? Lord, Lord. So that, that's, that's kind of where I'm on this little tangent here because I don't want to just have good church. I don't want to just see miracles and, and focus just on blessing mentality because guys like me, sometimes churches like you can think that guys like me that it's just, oh it's just all the fluffing and, and the cherry on the top and that oh this wonderful, look what Jesus is doing yes Jesus is doing great things but the bottom line is I need to live a life that is growing up into the stature and the image of the Lord Jesus Christ that I'm being conformed into the image of christ Mm. numbers chapter 12 miriam and aaron spake against moses because of the ethiopian woman whom he had married i will not get into that but that is a can of worms right there (laughs) for he had married an ethiopian woman and they said hath the lord indeed spoken only to moses hath he not spoken also by us and the lord heard it the Lord heard what they were saying. They were literally standing behind Moses' back and saying, Who's he think he is? He's not that spiritual. God speaks to us too. You know, that's a dangerous thing when you're a senior pastor because there are people that God gives you, Brother Troy, who are Pastor Troy, who have giftings greater than yours in certain areas, but yet God has placed you as the head. It's a difficult thing as the senior pastor and it's a difficult thing for those of you that are working with the senior pastor because if you can ever understand the anointing never flows up and it never flows sideways. Anointing only flows down but we'll never build a great church unless people that are stronger and better and more intelligent and more equipped can be under him and the anointing on him can flow down in their particular area. There are some areas that they may be more gifted or more talented than he is. The danger is is when you begin to pick out that one weakness that God has called you to cover and instead of covering that one weakness in him that God gave you the key to cover and to fulfill that gap and that void you begin to pick on that weakness and lift yourself up oh Lord help me and you begin to lift yourself up on the one strength that God has called you to cover that one weakness and I could preach on that a while I, I, I could and I, I could preach on that a while now hath the Lord indeed spoke only by Moses, hath he not spoken by us, the Lord heard it, now the man Moses was very meek, among all the men which were on the face of the earth, he wasn't going to take care of it himself, and the Lord spake suddenly unto Moses, unto Aaron, and unto Miriam, said, come out ye three into the tabernacle of the congregation, and they three came out, the Lord literally called them out, Uh, verse six, he said, hear now my words, if there Be a prophet among you. I, the Lord, will make myself known unto him in a vision and will speak unto him in a dream. My servant Moses is not so who is faithful in all my house. Now what he's saying here, Moses is not a prophet. Moses is my mouthpiece. Moses is not a prophet. He operates on a completely different level. He's my friend. I hang out with him. I talk to him. I give him commandments. I ride on rocks for him. This guy's different. He's not a prophet. It's not dreams. It's not visions. With him will I speak mouth to mouth, even apparently and not in dark speeches and the similitude. Have you ever heard Brother Mangan teach on that, that mouth to mouth literally means kiss? Have you ever got into that deep thing right there that the the wording that God was using is I'm so intimate with Moses, I put my mouth on his mouth. I'm so intimate with him like a son or a father. In that custom, when a man kissed another man, it was a form of a covenant. He said, I'm so intimate with Moses that we have such an intimate relationship and nothing weird, nothing stupid, so get your head out of the gutter because in that culture, in that day, he said, I literally meet with him mouth to mouth as with a seal of a covenant. With him will I speak mouth to mouth, even apparently and not in dark speeches and similitude of the Lord shall be. Behold, wherefore then were ye not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? And the anger of the Lord was kindled against them and he departed and the cloud departed from off the tabernacle and behold, Miriam became leprous, white as snow. And Aaron looked upon Miriam and behold, she was a leprous and Aaron begins to beseech for her and then Moses begins to intercede for her the very one that was talked against that was touched, that was ridiculed he begins to have a burden Moses was an amazing man when you look at Moses and you look at Abraham, the way they interceded for those that they loved, they could have come to the point where they just said, Lord, you're right, just go ahead and wipe them all out. And they were always standing in the gap interceding. That is the form of a true pastor. I can tell that you have a real pastor because I have mentioned a few things to him about some of you, and I just love doing it, kind of nudge him. I'll just mention and say, well, what about so-and-so? Why do you think they do it that way? And before, I, it's hilarious. Every time I do it, he will defend you, I mean, Boom, he's gonna defend you. If I I mean I can mention something what about them? Or one, you know, what, what do you think about them? Pastor, what about so-and-so? First thing, oh, they're good people, brother. Sue. You those are some of the best people in the world. And I get tickled because he's a real pastor. It's true, Brother Dale. That's great. Now, my, my my primary calling is not pastor (laughs) my primary calling is not pastor and there's times I can say I don't know who that idiot is over there but I tell you what see that's why he's pastor and I'm not but because I'm very flamboyant and I'm an evangelist and I come in here for three or four nights and ooh isn't that wonderful there's a lot of people say boy I'd like to sit in somebody like Brother Super no you wouldn't because I'd slap your brains out you want a man that's gonna love you and when you mess up, it's gonna cover you. Say, so let's don't let anybody else see this. Let's don't let anybody else know what you're going through. But the Bible are gonna contain it. We're gonna take care of it just between us. I love you as much as I ever loved you and I'd be standing over here and say, bend over, Bob. <laughs> hope I'm making sense. Now, the power of life and death is in the tongue. Miriam was cursed with leprosy Miriam was cursed with leprosy because of her mouth. What would happen if every one of us who have ever touched somebody who is anointed? The Bible said touch not mine anointed and do my prophets no harm. I've been doing a study, Brother Dale and it's a deep study. Oh, it's, it's deep. You can tell I'm intelligent. <laughs> I love speaking to him because he is intelligent. Now, it's just deep study I want to know where the scripture is in the Bible that it says that the anointed can talk about the other anointed but the saints can't talk about the preachers preachers can talk about other preachers but if you talk about me you're going to be judged because you touched the anointing I thought we all were priests I thought in the New Testament we were all anointed That is a misquotation if a preacher uses that scripture to tell you that he can rip you with his tongue but you can't touch him with yours because sometimes disagreement is not rebellion. Disagreement brings discussion that can bring a solution. You can disagree without being disagreeable and getting in a bad spirit. Just because you disagree with me doesn't mean you don't love me. My best friends are the ones, as a matter of fact, that disagree with me the most because they're the only ones I trust enough to let get in my face and tell me, super, you are acting like a nincompoot. And I'll look back and say, if you say that one more time, I'm gonna kick your teeth in. And they'll get back in my face and say, I think you're acting like an idiot. And then I'll look around and say, well, I think you're stupid. I think you're a jerk. We'll walk off mad the next day. We'll call each other, hey, man, I'm sorry Did I hurt your feelings. No, I still think you're a jerk. You can't do that to me because you're not my friend like that. But if I really love somebody, I'll let them talk to me like that, and I'll let them get into where I live and disagree with me and correct me and reprove me and admonish me and help me because I trust their motive of what they're trying to do. They want what's best for me because they truly love me. If all you want to do is find my fault, you don't love me. You want to critique me, and you want to put me under you, so you got to pull me down to make you look better. AHHHHHHHHH! Touch not mine, I don't want to do my prophets no harm. There is no scripture in the Bible that gives me the right just because I'm a preacher or quote unquote a prophet to touch another preacher. It is just as wrong for me to touch your anointing as it is for me to say you shouldn't touch mine anointed. We are all filled with the spirit of God. You are anointed of the Holy Ghost and I have no right to put my tongue on you, your anointing, your destiny, and if I have something to say to you to correct you or admonish you, I need to come to you one-on-one on one and not somebody else. Oh, I'm gonna deal with that in a minute. Am I boring anybody? Now, power of life and death. T- now, because I've looked for that scripture, I've wanted to know where that scripture is, brother, that, that, that it proves that, that the anointed can talk about the anointed, but if you touch me, ooh, you're rebellious and there's a curse on you. What if every one of us here was given leprosy because we had touched somebody that was anointed. Brother, that's a truth. That brother on the front row just had a revelation. He said he'd be ugly. Some of you wouldn't have no toes, no ears, no arms, no legs. You'd be half a person sitting there. Talk about a wonder diet. You'd done lost almost everything, done fell off because the leprosy, and I'm, I'm gonna deal with the leprosy of the tongue. Here's what the leprosy of the tongue or the, the effects of the mouth does, and, and I'll go through this, and we'll read some, we'll write some, get your pen out if you have it. Number one, when you, when you use your tongue in the form of critiquing or forwardness, the Old Testament says, You number one can destroy friendships Proverbs 17 and 9 begins to give this and you just write this down I'm not going to read every scripture Proverbs 17 and 9 number one destroys friendships how many of you have lost friends because somebody that you thought was your friend talked about you behind your back to somebody that was none of their business how many of you have had that happen since you got saved by saved people who think because they don't have scissors in their hair, they're gonna go to heaven. See, I'm just just a thought here. I'm just just trying to get us to heaven here. See, I believe in all that too. I live all that other stuff too, but I'm kind of getting nervous that when we focus so much on some stuff, and then we look at some of the teachings of Jesus and we may not be doing it. You can lose friends. Number two, it destroys Romans 16 and 17. Proverbs 26 and 22. But Romans 16 and 17. Is that machine still broke, fellas? Romans 16 um, and 17. Now, I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause division and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you have learned and avoid them. It destroys the harmony of the church. I do not believe that there is a devil in hell that can stop the revival God has ordained for Huntsville. But as my old Cajun's friends say, I guarantee you, I guarantee you there's two or three old hussies that can I guarantee you there's two or three long-tongued self-righteous old biddies that could sit in the living room and have a tongue long enough to lick the skillet in the kitchen that could kill this revival dead by starting a telephone campaign against the worship leader, against the pastor, against the Sunday school leader, against the worship, against the sound man, and they could get enough confusion going on in here that they could hinder unity, and because of unity is the reason the anointing is flowing so strong in this church, how good and precious it is that brethren dwell together in unity, and two or three people could begin to talk and it could cause disharmony what the devil couldn't do church folk could do you say brother super I I just don't believe that then how come it was the church folk were the only people strong enough to crucify Jesus spirit of religion was the only spirit big enough to put Jesus on the cross So when the devil, when you have prayed down a revival like this and the devil doesn't have the power or the ability to stop it, you better get very paranoid against church folk. Because the only way it's going to be hindered is by somebody that thinks that they're right and everybody else is wrong. And begins to spread their opinion and their concept and their idea. Oh, I'm, I'm going to hurry. It's going to get better. Hold on. Now, destroys harmony. Numbers 12, and if you read verse 1 through 10, it's, it's that whole thing I just gave you. 1 Corinthians 13, 5, and 6. It destroys, you, it destroys loyalty. Destroys loyalty. When somebody literally begins to talk and begins to get comfortable, if, if you get comfortable running down somebody in authority, before long, you will create a situation in your spirit where you think you can just say anything at any time. And it destroys loyalty. Uh, number four, destroys the health of the body, Proverbs 26, 22. Uh, number five, destroys the edification of the body, Ephesians Four twenty-nine. then James 3 and we're going to read the the entire chapter James 3 uh, we're going to read 1 through 12 it destroys the purity of the body so the leprosy of the tongue does six things it destroys friendships say friendships harmony loyalty health edification and purity of the body those are the six foundations of a healthy church The one thing that can destroy those areas is a forward, undisciplined tongue. So an unbridled tongue should be the thing that we look for more than anything else in this church because it is the only thing that can hinder apostolic revival is somebody's mouth. There would be no division. There can be no confusion. There can be no fear without somebody starting it with their mouth. Oh, I wish I could preach up in here right now. That's why in Proverbs said it's better that you just cut the tongue out because that is the only thing. And here we are wanting to bind the winds and pray to angels and bind devils when we may just need to duct tape somebody's mouth. Oh, hallelujah to God. James chapter 3 and verse 1. Y'all need to pray for me at church so I can beat up on them and won't have to travel around like this and do this kind of stuff. <laughs> verse uh let's see. Let's go ahead and read. Let's start with verse one. My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation, for in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, and able also to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Behold, also the ships, which though they be so great and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small hem, whithersoever the governor listeth. Did you have a clue what he was just saying in the King James English? He talked about the horses putting a bridle in their mouth, and he talked about a big ship. Have you ever seen the little bitty wheel at the helm that turns a big ship because of the rudder it's just a little bitty wheel just, just a little bit and it can turn a huge ship I've been on cruise ships and have seen the wheel that turns and, and it turns that huge huge ship so even so the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth if you don't believe it all you gotta do is pick one of these beautiful godly girls and go tell the right person tonight Psst. Did you know she's pregnant? <laughs> did you know that, brother? She's pregnant. You don't have no doctor's report. You don't have one of the little blue things that's turned blue. You don't have nothing. All you do is say, "Did you? She, she's pregnant. By Sunday... This church will be in an uproar. The pastor will be getting phone calls. I want to know why she's still in the praise team. I want to know why you let her do this. Number one, ain't you. Because if it was your daughter, you wouldn't want anybody talking about her. <laughs> Woo, I'm feeling better all by myself up here. A little fire kindling. Now, this is what happened. Just a little kindling. here's a big fire going on, a big division. You know, I heard Brother Dwayne was going charismatic. All them snake handlers. Yeah, I heard back at his house, I heard he had a snake out there in the box, and he'd go out in the middle of the night with a guitar and get that snake out, be playing with it. <laughs> You know what, there's somebody crazy enough to get on the telephone and go tell somebody. Yeah, I heard Brother Super say Brother Dwayne and no charismatic, he done handling snakes. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm, now this is the truth. I, I preached a message about three years ago in Bogalusa. I preached a message called Ride the Wave, Baby. Okay, it was a good message. I come out with uh, sunshades, a surfboard, a t-shirt, aqua blue. T-shirt over my dress shirt and tie, okay? T-shirt over my dress shirt and tie. My suit pants with a pair of those bright orange jam pants, you know, that you wear skiing and stuff. And I, I had a pair of those long Orange and they had white flowers on them, and I had them cut off below the knee. Talk about holiness! Had them over my suit, okay, on Sunday night. Preached that message. Had on those things over my suit with a surfboard with sunshades on the t-shirt and preached ride the way, baby. People falling out, getting the Holy Ghost everywhere. It's awesome. By Monday morning at ten o'clock, my phone rings, but the tinny is on the phone. <laughs> Brother Jonathan <laughs> heard you preached in shorts last night. <laughs> They didn't mind telling them that I had on a $500 suit underneath the shorts. All they wanted to do is find something wrong. That preacher's up there. I know he's crazy. He's up there preaching a pair of shorts. And, he, and I, Now, thank God he loved me and he could care less what I was doing, but he was calling me to rib at me and I got to laughing that he had already heard it all the way in Alexandria, but what if he was somebody that didn't like me? And he heard that and I would have been able to go to, uh, well, in Jesus' name, <laughs> Now, I'm going to deal with tongue snares and sins that can cause leprosy. Look at your neighbor and say, are you learning anything? Is this making any sense? I need about 17 minutes till 9 o'clock, and then I'll try to cut her off. Brother uh, <laughs> Brother, brother Taylor said last night, he said uh, in the office, he said, why don't we just go get a drink of water, take a 15-minute break, and, and just, you know, we get tired, let's go take a break, come back for another hour. Because instead of just cutting it off, some of them went, oh, Lord, no. Now, three of you like that idea. (laughs) Tongue snares and sins that cause leprosy. Now we're gonna get into these words. Number one, uh, Psalms 41 uh, and seven, 41 and seven. How many of you even own a Bible? Good, thank you. Uh, All that hate me whisper together against me. Against me do they devise my hurt. Number one word, scripture, a whisperer. A whisperer. A whisperer is one who secretly passes on evil reports to others. Don't tell anybody. It's a secret. Now, nobody else knows, but I'm going to tell you because I trust you. I've already told a hundred other people, but I'm not going to tell you that because I really trust you, okay? Okay. Sister Tater is not really that good of a cook, okay? That's why they eat out all the time. (laughs) Now, everybody knows that's not true. And it's none again. And it don't amount to a hill of beans. But something that simple could end up getting back to her and could hurt her and offend some people so bad, they'd never come back to church because the whole church don't think I'm a good cook. You say, Brother Super, somebody wouldn't quit church over something like that. Oh, you better give me a break there's people that wouldn't dare I I can't go back there I'm I'm so embarrassed I can't ever go back there they they think I can't cook you say that's so trivial people have gone to hell over things like that because of a whisperer number two a gossip now the Bible talks a lot about this and, and it's amazing I just don't understand why we preach so much and I've never been drunk in my life I have never smoked a cigarette in my life. I wouldn't know how to light a joint. I wouldn't even know what one looks like, really. I know you twist it up, I guess. You twist it up so, and all this stuff. I don't know a lot about all that kind of stuff, but I'm just confused that the Bible deals with gossip and gluttony and we don't ever preach about that because that's the sins we enjoy and can still be Pentecostal. And I got three pointing back at me because my wife and the scale has informed me I'm 30 pounds overweight. I have worked out the last two weeks to the point that today when I went to get on the little machine in the motel, I couldn't hardly move because I was so sore last night when I got up this morning because I've been doing this new stuff because I'm working on my upper body. I'm trying to get my upper body together. My wife says I look better if I stand like this. How's that look? Is that better, Bo? Need what? Need some more work. And now I'm real nervous because TJ's informed me at 9 o'clock in the morning he's going to come over and be my personal trainer. But if I get to looking like TJ, you better look out. <laughs> now, huh, we don't want to deal with those. And, and it convicts me because here I am, I love to eat. I don't have, you may have thyroid trouble, and I know there's people that are sick because of medication, because of sugar, and I'll deal with this maybe some later on, but sugar, medication, thyroid, there's some people that have a weight problem, has nothing to do with their appetite, it is a sickness situation, I would in no way belittle you, I'm not talking to you, that has nothing to do with gluttony, I'm talking about the people that have a joint problem, your elbow overworks. You got a joint problem. Your elbow overworks and the only gland you're having problems with is your saliva gland because you are swallowing. Oh, you know what I'm talking about in here. But you would put somebody in hell for drinking a glass of wine in moderation when the Bible says to drink a little wine for your stomach's sake. I don't do it because it would offend somebody. And the Bible said, don't let your good be evil spoken of. And it says abstain from the very appearance of evil. So I don't do it because I don't want you going to say, Brother supers are drunk. <laughs> but you would put somebody in hell for drinking a glass of wine, but you don't have a problem with them being 300 pounds overweight. And yet we're trying to do what Jesus did and get to heaven the way Jesus did. And it's not, and I told the brother at lunch today, it's not that I have a problem with the weight. It's not that, that, that it's about the weight thing. It's about the judging thing. It's about people getting so smug that because you do two or three rules that you're saved and the person that doesn't do this over here that they're lost when you're just as bad biblically as they are. It's the judgment deal. Judge not lest you be judged. It's the attitude of thinking that we can condemn others because we do two or three things right. And God is calling this church to a dimension where you're pure Christians, apostolic, one God, Jesus name, heaven bound Christians that people can come in here and not feel judged but they can grow because we're trying to get to heaven together and we're not gonna put anybody down. We're gonna lift everybody up. We're gonna, (laughs) am I making any sense? You know what I think's cute? Is this your first time in a Pentecost church? She's enjoying me better than you are cause she's been laughing the whole time cause I'm in the Bible aren't I am I making sense do you read the Bible every day see I thought so <clears throat> just a thought Just I just I it was just a thought <laughs> I just want a thought there because she's having a lot of fun And when he recognized her, she's not embarrassed, but in this church, we're so glad to have you here as a visitor, that's so awesome. And she could go some places and walk in and they'd look at her and say, we don't want visitors here. If you're not a member of our color or our family or our friends and you don't live in our neighborhood, you don't belong here. Listen, I want the rich here, I want the poor here, I want the white here, I want the Spanish here, I want the Oriental here, I want the Korean here, I want the black here, I want them all here. Get everybody in here because everybody's got to be saved. Am I making any sense? Am I making any sense? Now, here we go, and I'm gonna uh, close. A gossip, say a gossip. What is a gossip? Do you know what what one is? A gossip is one who magnifies and sensationalizes rumors and partial information. A half-truth is worse than a total lie. I would rather you tell a total lie on me than tell a half-truth because if there's enough truth mixed in it brother have you heard did you know did, have you heard about brother Suber? and if someone says that to you I, I, this just maybe I'm the only one who thinks this way but if someone says that to me have you heard about brother have you heard about pastor Troy immediately when they say that I, I know it's something bad because we don't ever say it in that tone of excitement when it's something good have you heard of Brother Super? He got a new Jaguar about six weeks ago. Have you, oh, praise God. That's the truth, too. You are to give God praise. <laughs> say, <laughs> say, have you heard, have, have you heard, have you heard about Pastor, T- uh-uh. It's never nothing good. It's always, have you heard, and immediately you know it's not. No, what, what'd you hear? <laughs> I won't tell nobody what'd you hear, just between you and me. <laughs> My cell phone's on the whole time, speaker phone, trying go on everybody else. Is somebody who sensationalizes and magnifies something whether it's true. Now, now, now. Oh, this Miriam thing and I'm fixing to hurt somebody. Brother Super, is it gossip even if it's my family? (laughs) Miriam got leprosy and it was her family. She was judged and it was family. Gossip isn't just like people say, "Well, well, I'm not gossiping. You remember the old guy that made the tape? He said, what I say about my neighbors is the truth. Gossip doesn't mean you're lying. It just means you're talking about stuff that is none of your business. Technically, I should say nothing about you unless it is edifying you, building you up, encouraging you, strengthening you, helping you in the kingdom. Just what we call just mindless chatter, idle words about somebody else is gossip. We're back to that idle words. Just talking about whatever. Well, I didn't say nothing bad about him. Why didn't...